We stop for you, Melindo, because we love you. Melindo, <laughs> remove the rack. Thank you, Melindo. Welcome to Nourish by Spinneys, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well. I'm Devina Devecha. And I'm Tiffany Eslick. Welcome to a space where we hope to nourish your heart and soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas, and we're excited to get started. We're going on location today to table over by the Jamil Arts Center for a conversation with Carlos Frunze, their head chef. I've got to say, it was a whole other experience talking to him while standing in the restaurant's kitchen as his team worked around us. I could hear the hustling happening behind you guys, which made me feel like I was there. I love how he talks about local ingredients and having a direct relationship with local farmers. Yeah, and I love how every dish on his menu has something pickled, fermented or preserved from the season. That just then adds to the effort to reduce food waste, which is wonderful. And as a Dubai kid myself, I could easily relate to experiencing so many different cuisines from a young age. It's amazing to see his team being recognized by international accolades like Michelin's Bib Gourmand. And after tasting a plate of corn, labne and shiokoji that he created that day, I can see why. Okay, so let's kick off our conversation with Carlos and his very interesting life before the kitchen. I spent almost, uh, how much? Three and a half years of my life serving in the military. Then after that, have a couple of accidents, broke my spine. Oh my God. Yeah, then accidents over here on my skull. Got a metal over here, metal over here, metal on my hip, metal on my other hip. Reconstructed, uh, reconstructed knees, reconstructed knees, reconstructed shoulder, reconstructed... Uh, How do you get trap. through airport security is my question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Point. So they, they actually, they cover it with silicone because it's new stuff. They do ah, this good. covering with silicone for military stuff, basically. Uh, they never put like a metal stuff. Ah. They put uh, covered and inside is uh, materials. It's a titanium and titanium doesn't really go make sounds except the head. Right. But that's okay because I tell the securities you can just... They make the sounds. Yeah, after three and a half serving in the military. I don't know. Then I asked my mom what I should do. And my mom told me, she's like, what you like to do? And I was like, I like cooking. And she's like, why don't you become a chef? I mean, like, I always want to be a chef. That was the first thing when I was a kid. I was like, I want to be a chef or I want to be in the military. I want to be in the military intelligence. Yeah. And my mom was like, listen, your grandfather, her, her father, my grandfather, she's like, he's a chef back in the days in Russia. I think it will be cool if you can continue this career in life. And I was like, yeah, cool. The funniest thing, I, I, I was set to go to Australia. I was like, I'm going to this university. But then uh, all of a sudden I saw a small brochure on one of the like companies that yeah. send you kids outside. It says Malaysia. And I was like, Malaysia? Interesting. Like, it sounds really interesting. And I opened it and I was like, well, I actually want to learn how to cook Malaysian food also. And changed types. I went to back to Malaysia, studied in Malaysia, my diploma culinary arts, finished my degree over there, bachelor of science in culinology. And in Singapore, I finished my uh, master's in, in science, nutritional culinology. Nice. And after that, um, opportunity came to me and... In Malaysia, uh, Majestic Hotel, very mm -hmm. old hotel. I mean, like it's uh, like been there hundred years in Malaysia. And when I sat in the Majestic Hotel, I think I was a commie for one month. Okay. Then I was promoted to CDP tournament. Right. Basically all sections in one month. Yeah. I was promoted because I was so good at it. And they loved me so much. I spent with them for two and a half years. Nice. I heard about, I mean, like I know about Michelin and I know about 50 best yeah. days, but you know, it wasn't like in my mind a lot. But then I have a chance to work at uh, Thomas Keller restaurant in French Laundry. 
And I was like, listen, I need to take that chance. Yeah. And I just went to California, bam, worked there for two years. Uh, but then uh, things happened uh, in, in, in the thing, because uh, I was a foreigner, I was an American. Yeah. I had to change passports and everything. It was really difficult with the visas and everything. They said, listen to me, you can go to New York, work in New York and the per se. Uh, I'm not a big fan of New York City, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I work at per se for six months, oh, but I quit. You? Yeah, I quit right. immediately. I quit immediately. And uh, I found a good friend over there, and uh, Jason. And Jason was like, listen, I'm opening, uh, I'm not, not, not opening restaurants. It's like I'm working with uh, Momofuku. Want to join me? We're doing research in a, like Momofuku lab, have a, their own lab. We're yeah. doing research and development. I think you're really good and you're capable of doing stuff. You like fermentation, you like all this stuff. Join us and do that. And yeah, join them, work for them for like, a year plus, but then after that, Jason found me a job in London. It's like, you should go there. It's a very good opportunity, good salary, good money. And as I like, go work there, I'm working yeah. in London for like, how much? Four years, I think, something. Then I came in Dubai. When I finished in London, I was already a head chef. Right. I was like young kid, like 20, 20, 24, I was a head chef. Came to Dubai and I was like, you know, listen, I want to start from beginning everything. I want to challenge myself and my first job in Dubai was Tom and Search. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was looking for not a big or a hotel, not a big group. I wanted something that homegrown, and that was 2012. When, I yeah. mean, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, 2011, they opened it, and it was a homegrown restaurant yeah. with a chef and owner and the front of the house owner. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that, it's like in London. I joined them. They asked about my uh, CV, and they asked, like, where you work? And I told them, oh, I just came from this university. I have nothing to do. And they're like, oh, okay, so you become a commie. And I was like, I don't mind. Wait, you didn't tell them where you oh, were? No, 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 never. Why? A challenge. It was a challenge to me. That was interesting. If, if something happens here in Dubai, you know, like I finish, because I told two guys, I was like, when we receive two Michelin stars, you know, I quit, I put my jacket down, I would travel another country and I would start to become me again. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Did they ever find out? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they okay. did after 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 two months. They saw how I was cutting stuff. I was doing everything. I was taking care of the station. Uh, one of the sous chefs, Paul, that time he came to me and he's like, he's like, you're not a commie, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not a commie. And he's like, he's like, man, you look like you're a sous chef. And I was like, no, I was a head chef. And he's like, man, you're really good. And within like I think two years, how Tom and Search expanded. We moved to Tom and Tom and Search. And we promote me with my friend, Benny's right here working with me. Uh, Benny started as a dishwasher and yeah. we just moved to Tom and Search. They gave me a position over there, worked with them for two and a half years. I kind of get bored. Um, I have opportunity to just open one restaurant with my friends. And we open a single fin. It's a small coffee shop with 27 seats. And we just do like a surfing food. Yeah. Because I like surfing in Dubai. Right. I know it's possible to surf in Dubai with a one meter waves, but it's possible. But yeah, and after that, probably, yeah. Then I worked for His Excellency uh, as uh, his private chef, but then it turns out I become his F&B director for his businesses. Nice. And yeah, then I was like, I need to go back in the kitchen. And then I went back to Three Fills. Yeah. I have a chance to work in Three Fills. Took that opportunity, worked there for one year. And then I met Peter. And Peter told me about what he wants to open with table. And he's like, I want to do local food. I want to do seasonal food. And the idea was to do just a normal cuisine. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Nice. And over the, like, I think over the seven months we've been opened, we change a lot differently because the idea was to be like, um, not a restaurant, but a coffee shop, but we changed to be a restaurant. Like, yeah, it was really cool. 
Okay, so since we've started talking about table, tell me a little bit more about kind of that ethos of local cuisine um, and seasonality and how you incorporate that here because it's quite interesting to see even like the pictures of the dishes on Instagram and what they mean. So let's talk a little bit about that. All right, so basically table, when Peter approached me, he's like, I want to use local ingredients. He's like, I, I, I just want to make everything local ingredients. And I told him... Uh, okay, I think we probably need to go a little bit to Mina to get olive oil and yeah. frying oil, you know, mm -hmm. it's impossible. Um, I mean, like, Peter does have a restaurant before, Yui, you know, but he doesn't, he's not a chef, and I told him, it will be a little bit difficult to, yeah. to find things out, and he's like, yeah, I want to do that, and okay, so we create the menu first time, we finish it, we taste it, approved, then he come to me and he's like, I want to do fine dining, like a tasting menu, at night, only. Okay. And I was like, with oh, local ingredients. With local ingredients, okay, okay. again. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted to be focused 100% on local ingredients. Because like our menu was, bistronomy menu was around 80 to 85% local ingredients. Okay. Which is good. Which is good, yeah. Yeah, which is good, yeah. So we did the tasting menu, we did the tasting. There was a failure, there was a good dishes, bad dishes came out. And it actually works, it works. Well, I wouldn't say it's a 100%, it's a 95%. Okay. Focus local ingredients. Nice. A lot of things we try to do. Uh, a lot of fishes, like this season, this coming season, I discovered the fishes that I, I honestly thought there's only maybe four types of fish here in Dubai. I was like hamur and hamur and hamur and yeah. then, then sea bass and that's it. But in general, uh, we figure out there's so many fish here. Yeah. We found mahi mahi that is comes from Hawaii, but it's somewhere it's end up here. Uh, we found barramundi that is in Saudi, and yeah. uh, we, like when you say barramundi for Australian people, you think it's Australian fish, but there's a barramundi in, 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 in here in Saudi corners yeah. over here, Saudi Sea over here, which is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, then we found uh, five different type of snappers. Wow. There's a red snapper, crimson snapper, Malbari snapper. There's another snapper. There's a, another snapper, and we tried all of them, and they were really good. Then uh, me and him, my one of my chef Benny, we found pink mullet. And mullet is a very European fish. Mm -hmm. But when we found it here, we were like, oh, it's impossible. And we were like so happy about it. And we started to work with the fishes. And also then uh, another thing, it's the shells. There's so many different types of shells here. Yeah. That are actually chefs should use them. Like we found conch, cockles, uh, whelks, uh, snails. Yeah. And they all taste amazing. They all taste delicious. I mean, like it was really surprising for me to see how, how much... UAE can give such a beautiful ingredients that is not just like grown or it's 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 in their culture. It's been there yeah. for years and years. And it's not just about ingredients. I think for you, you're also into seasonality because you do change your menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? we change. Yeah, we change menu every, every season. But in Dubai, I mean, like in in table and in UAE, we have three seasons. I call three seasons. Okay. Uh, cold season, hot, and very hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's the three seasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the very hot, you guys probably already know. It's it's June, July, August, September, which really really hot. Yeah. And most of that is just, uh, yeah. But yeah, we have three seasons here. We change three seasonally. But we're not just focusing on ingredients, uh, seasonality, but we're focusing on one ingredient and what we can make out of that ingredient. Okay. In a sense of like, uh, like for example, this season is a seafood. Yeah. And how we can discover more seafood in, in ways of fermentation, what okay. we can do to preserve the flavors, how we can do it to make the food taste good. For example, for us was uh, fish garums. Um, we tried with four different fish and one of the best fish was actually end up to be mackerel. 
that most hated fish here in Dubai. Mackerel. I mean, like, literally, nobody eats mackerel here in Dubai. They just make it into curry and that's it. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, but uh, we found that we can ferment fish garam. Uh, we found we can ferment deba oysters to make our own oyster sauce. Oh, wow. Well, okay. we'll call it oyster sauce, so it's not an oyster sauce. It's yeah. just a fermented oysters. We just brush it and it just gives you a punch flavor of nice. oyster flavors. But is that a challenge in terms of seasonality with making sure you do have... Um, I guess the necessary volume of good quality ingredients. Yes, it is a challenge. I mean, like, but we we plan everything three months or two months yeah. ahead. Okay. We like uh, for sometimes you see in our menu from last summer or from last harvest uh, items. Like for example, we have apricots, uh, which apricots are not from Dubai; they are from Lebanon. Yeah. And we preserve them uh, in a syrup and we make them into the jam and we're gonna use them in our new menu. And we have cherries, we ferment the cherries, we make fermented cherry liquid, then we make fermented cherry powder, which yeah. is try to use everything. We try to use one ingredient, except the seeds itself, because we try to take the seeds, collect the seeds, we give to one of our farmers, Mr. Mohammed in my farm, he grows up for us. And But everything that you see out of the, all of it, we use everything. You're bringing up so many things that I want to ask about. Okay, let's talk about zero waste first then, um, because that's something I know is a policy of yes, yours. Yes, yes. Um, and you explain a little bit about that. Um, is that something that, A, you've incorporated from the start? And also just maybe tell us a little bit more. Zero food wasted. I mean, like I work in so many restaurants, I see how many food is wasted. Yeah. And it was always really sad to see things uh, go through and then you'd be like, listen, I can actually make something out of it. I can make a beautiful dish, I can make a sauce, or I can ferment it. Like for example, like I'm gonna be cooking for you today. Uh, we use oranges, but uh, peels, people chew them out. Yeah. But we make oil out of it and it smells, you can smell it. It smells like uh, oranges. I can actually smell that through my blocked nose, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you can do a lot of things. Well, I think one of my chefs, my pastry chef, she told me, Shirin, she's like, listen, we need to use everything. I have fennel and the offcuts of fennel. Yeah. She used it to make her ice uh, granita, sorry, not ice cream. Oh, very cool. Granita. Yeah. And I have a fennel dish. I have a fennel sauce. I have a fennel vinegar. And she has offcuts, a granita. Brilliant. And I was like... Let's just, this is just, that was a trial for yeah, the restaurant. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even opened yet. Yeah. And I was like, let's just put it here. Let's make zero wastage and we use everything. But my zero wastage of food, it's more like a through fermentation. Yeah. How I can make sure, preserve and keep it for a long time. Yeah. And use it for next season or right, this yeah. season. But yeah. And so have you been quite successful with that in terms of zero waste? Like how much would you, because everything always uh, has some waste, but... I, I, I control wastage in the kitchen, but I can, cannot control consumers' that wastage. Is true. I that cannot, is true. like, people order a lot and they don't finish it. I cannot control yeah. that. I cannot reuse it. This is, this is not nice. Yeah, exactly. After all. But in the kitchen, I think last, as our last report was 3.5% wow. yeah. of, of, of wastage. Uh, we only threw, which is we try to eliminate tissues and yep. plastics, uh, but food wastage, we have two garbage bags, we have, you can see it, we have one for food and we have one where we put plastics and tissues only and we recycle it separately yeah. and we give it to the garbage people. It's also another good thing with DM, they have a registered people and they help a lot of restaurants if you ask them. Yeah. If you really, really do ask them, they'll be like, oh, listen, there's a two guys over here. I mean, there's two guys, two companies over here. They do recycling materials, recycling plastic, recycling clean yeah. foam, recycling tissue papers. Why don't you use them? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And you go to them. Yeah. But they help you a lot. But 
they also put rules, but they help you at the same time with that. Um, and then you also mentioned um, earlier when we were talking about having a garden as well. Um, oh yeah, we have a small garden. I mean, like I don't call it big garden. It's a small garden. Okay. Um, it's our pastry chef, Shirin. She is in, responsible for that. I just ask her what to gr uh, to grow. Yeah. I just tell her, grow me this, grow me that, and she <laughs> okay. grows. But like, I'm 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 a, I'm a richly, really bad agriculturing person. I I, I have a, I don't have a green thumb. Okay. You know, like there's a green thumb to it. Kill your plants? Yeah, I kill. Okay. My plants. <laughs> I don't I don't kill my pets, but like I kill my plants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I know that this season, uh, our sh our team, I mean like our chef, she grow um, very interesting stuff. Um, nasturtium leaves, nasturtium yep. uh, flowers. Uh, arugula, radish, cucumbers, nice. uh, thyme, lemon thyme, orange thyme, rosemary, chives. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of a things. A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, chamomile, chamomile, whatever you call that. Yeah, come yeah. whatever you call that. Sorry. Yeah, whatever you call that. And uh, she tried to grow her own, uh, which was really interesting, strawberries. Oh, right. How yeah. did that work? Yeah, it didn't work. Really. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but she grows figs for me now. Okay. Yeah, nice. fix. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like fix are really big here in this country. There's a specific yeah. season uh, during summertime. We we found out recently, and we were amazing. And we like listen. There's a fix and there's a fig leaves because like they come packed with the leaves. And one day I just took it out. I smelled it and I was like, listen, back in the UK we did the uh, milk uh, fig fig leaf milk. Oh right. Yeah, and we did the, one of our desserts and it tastes like coconut. Very cool. So I would not a, have imagined that. Yeah, so our milk, David, milk tastes like a coconut. That was the coolest thing without coconut. Because people thought that we use coconut. Yeah. But I told them, no, we don't use coconut. We use the fig leaves. Because some of the items, some of the leaves and some of it gives different tastes and different stuff. We'll have more from my conversation with Carlos right after this short break. We wanted to take a minute to tell you about our delicious Spinney's Food olive oil, which comes from the 120-year-old Basso family farms in Italy, which is now a fifth-generation business. Davina, if you remember my masterclass with Matthew Jones of Bread Ahead, this is the olive oil we use to make the focaccia. I remember that. It was delicious. Yes, and part of the reason for that is their use of the Arbequino olive grown in Italy. Here's Federico Basso. The Arbequino olive is usually used in blends because it's very sweet and it has that almond taste, which is very different from the typical strong Italian olive oils that we have. So we use it in blend in order to provide our customers with a product that is uh, as balanced as possible. So it's not too aggressive, but it's also not too plain. We want to find the perfect match in order to satisfy our clients, also in terms of uh, organolectic features of our products. Here's a fun fact. Federico's father, Sabino, eats extra virgin olive oil and bread every morning for breakfast, sometimes with a spoonful of sugar. And didn't you say that he's run many marathons? Clearly, that's the trick. We sourced their extra virgin olive oil, a truffle-infused evu, and a signature Mediterranean blended oil as well. So you should definitely grab a bottle of Spinney's Food olive oil the next time you're in store and tell us what you think. Welcome back. I'm Devina Devecha, and you're listening to Nourished by Spinneys and my conversation with Carlos Frunze, head chef at Table. Our interview is also featured in the November issue of Nourish, our magazine, so you can read about it there. You mentioned fermentation and pickling a few times. 
um, and kind of how that's, you know, for example, your way of making sure, you know, you don't have waste, but also you mentioned it early on, you were always interested in that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your, I guess, interest in fermentation and your journey through that? Why was that something that attracted you? Um, I, it, it started with my grandfather since okay. early childhood. I mean, like grandfather from my mom's side because yeah. he was Russian and he was a chef and he pickles stuff and he ferments stuff and we have a, like a big closet full of the bottles and jars. Right. And wow. Yeah, and I love that things all the time. And I, I want to learn it how to do it. Yeah. And he taught me like a basics of how to do it at home. Mm -hmm. But then when I went to culinology degree in culinology, I... I mean, like it was like a whole semester about fermentation and bacteria and all of this stuff. I've learned it so much about it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I yeah. can do so many things. I, I, I don't need to ferment only vegetables because at this moment right now, we don't ferment only vegetables. We ferment rice, we ferment raw beef, we wow, ferment yeah. raw fish, we ferment everything. We try to ferment everything that is possible fermented. I mean, like our recent, our recent success was we make feta cheese taste like Parmesan cheese. So wow. we buy feta okay. cheese, we buy local feta cheese yeah. and we put on top fermented rice and we ferment it for another 24 hours. Okay. Then we take out after 24 hours and we put it in the dehydrator and we dehydrate it for three to four days. It depends on the humidity yeah. also, yeah. but three to four days and then you have a Parmesan cheese. We call it fake Parmesan cheese, but it's not a Parmesan cheese. It's a feta cheese that's been fermented and to make taste like a Parmesan that cheese. That is very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I will let you try it later okay. on. It's somewhere in the kitchen to find it I first. will say yes. <laughs> yeah. One of our bacteria is a shio koji that is in front of you. It's like our, our we call it a secret in the kitchen. Ooh. But everybody knows, every chef knows. But the, the funniest thing is our shio koji, we make our own from Egyptian rice. Yeah, we buy Egyptian rice. Yeah. We boil it, we cook it, then we put kojitan, which is the bacteria, yeah. and we ferment it out inside the kitchen, and it becomes into koji, like a rice. Then we break it down, put salt, water, and that's it, and thyme. That's one of the ingredients. And you have something that smells like caramel and tastes sweet. I am going to smell this now, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three ingredients and it's, nothing. It does smell exactly like he described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's a weird thing, and that this thing is a rapid bacteria that makes everything age quickly. Okay. So, like, it's, it's marination. If you want to make your chicken to be tender, back in the days, we put yogurt or labne, yeah. and we kind of, like, yeah. marinated for yeah. over a yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is just in 30 minutes. Ah. And you have tenderest chicken ever. Got to get my hands on that. <laughs> yeah, you can buy it. You can buy it. I, I actually sell everywhere, uh, oh, in yeah. every Asian supermarket you can I, find. I will look it up. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I do koji. marinate overnight, so... It's old school, but this is yeah. a new school, we call uh, it new school. Try it out, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it's delicious. Do you get like fermented elements of ingredients or um, produce in every course at table or? Every dish have something fermented, okay. pickled, preserved or cured. Yeah, one of those things, like we go back in the days, so we try to do it. Is that just because you're passionate about it or was that some kind of direction you wanted to take with the food? Uh, well, it's a direction more. I just make sure my, my, I have a different taste. I want my customers ex experience something else. Like when they think about cabbage or they think about even a pumpkin, yeah. people think pumpkin will taste sweet and it will taste just creamy. Yeah. But for me, I changed pumpkin to taste something different. It will taste sour and it will taste salty and at the same time it will taste sweet. Yeah, it's, it's more like a, I would say it's, it's a passion and it's to make customers to see difference because I mean, I'm not saying there is no chefs here in Dubai who does that. There's a lot of chefs does yeah. that, but it's like, I try to be more focused on this. 
in table and restaurant itself, I try to be more focused fermentation, show them, you know, like, listen, the fermentation is around you. I mean, like, coffee is one of the, chocolate is another. And I mean, like, you're eating this every day. It's just, yeah. you're just not noticing it. Yeah. And back in the days, everybody does that. I mean, like, yogurt is one of it. I mean, like, we make our own yogurt here. We make our own labne here. Okay. I see customers when they come and they try my buttermilk or my yogurt and they'd be like, where did you buy your suppliers <laughs> or anyone else? Who, who makes this? And I was like, we make it ourselves. We buy local milk from Fujairah. And we ferment it, that's it, and it's done. Yeah, we ferment it, we put on top dehydrators, you will see like around the whole kitchen. Okay. Somewhere it's there. <laughs> okay, keep an eye out. Safe, but safe. Yeah, yeah, fair, no, that's fine. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm circling back, you mentioned working with local um, farmers mm. a bit. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, how do you do that? Do you kind of, is your relationship with them direct? Do you go there yourself? Well, it's a direct relationship. I do go there, but not every day and yeah. not every week. Because after all, I respect them because they told me you can't just come into our farm because you can bring bacteria from outside and you can kill our plants. I do deal with them directly. Um, they come to the restaurant. I ask them what to grow. And I told them, give me uh, like realistic dates. Yeah. And give me, is it even possible or it's not even possible? Like I asked one of the guys to grow me a green watermelon radish. Yeah, that radish looks like a watermelon and it's a green color. And it's like, it's like it's not possible. Okay. And I was like, okay, I will, I will remove from my menu then. Ivan, after three months, he came. He's like, chef, chef, it's possible. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and you'd be very like, cool. Yeah, so how many you have? And you'd be like, for a whole harvest, I have only 20 pieces. And you'd be like, all right, I'll take it and I'll do something out of it. Yeah. I'll ferment it, I'll pickle it something, I'll, I'll use it next, next season. And I'll be like, I'll be fine with that. But yeah, okay. you, you, you just need to set um, with them, I think three months, two, four months, what they need to grow and how they're going to harvest it and you give them numbers. I mean, it's a very direct communication. It's just, they come to the restaurant, they eat my food, they see what we're doing. I mean, like we work with only, at this moment we work only with four farmers. Okay. Uh, my farm, Greenheart. Uh, we work with uh, Organic Farm. Mm -hmm. It's in Alain. It's a small farm uh, owned by the local family. They've okay. been doing generations. Yeah, okay. Amazing family. Uh, but they don't do much on vegetables. They do more on birds and chicken and eggs, which is good, and dairy also, they do dairy, and they make their own um, um, ghee, yeah. which is amazing. And another farm, we work with Marianne. Marianne farm is uh, small flowers, yeah. cresses, and I like her because it's aquaponics, and it's just insanely nice. beautiful. I mean, like, I, I do support hydroponics and aquaponics, but her produce, like, when you try that, you'll be like, this is impossible, this cannot taste like that in general. Oh, that's beautiful. And you also mentioned earlier when we were chatting that you go to the fish market as well um, and kind of pick your own fish. Oh, yeah, for the fish season, I do that all the time. Even if it's not a fish season and I put local fish, I actually really do go to the fish market, except I don't go for oysters and salmon. I have a supplies yeah. for that with one of my chefs, which is Luke, and we will see what is fresh, what is available, yeah. what we can use and do it. So, like, one day you will come, you will have a snapper, next day you will have a bermundi next day you have a mahi-mahi. That's how it should be. Yeah, when you go to seafood restaurants elsewhere, maybe on the coast or something, there will be like the fish of the day or yeah, what, you exactly. don't know what it is. Just yeah, but, but not just only seafood restaurants. Yeah. Uh, in Europe, uh, like when I was in, in uh, when I was in Europe, in the UK actually, especially, there was a small restaurants. I mean, like not in London, but outside yeah, of London, yeah. Birmingham and then small places like Brixton, they have a, like a small, really good restaurants. And one day they will have a perch. Next day they will have a herring. And you'll be like, is it like a problem with supply? They'll be like, no, our cost is right here. We just yeah. go in the f like a, to the fish market. Yeah. We buy it. 
And it's a challenge to a chef. Imagine exactly. you already know the snapper fish will cook at a specific time, but the bam, you have a mahi mahi, cooks completely different. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, it challenges me. I have like a 40 guests. I need to make that mahi mahi taste same like snapper. And it just makes guests also to be interested to try different fish also to tell yeah. them, listen, this, this region is so rich with ingredients in this country. We, we just need to use it. We need to stop buying it outside. Yeah. Bring it in. Be local. <laughs> yeah, no, we love that. Um, yeah. How would you describe your cuisine? Uh, renegade cuisine. Okay. <laughs> renegade cuisine. I mean, like, uh, it's, um, I call it bistronomy. I mean, like, it started with bistronomy. Bistronomy yeah. is a back in 91. One of the French guy opened it. And um, a bistronomy cuisine is just basically, they tell to, uh, they want to do casual fine dining. Yeah. I grew up in Dubai. I have a lot of friends. I mean, like, one day I tried Moroccan food. One day I try Palestinian food. Next day I try Indian food. Next day I try Japanese food. Next day I try Korean food. And what do you think I will cook? Of, of, of the whole week trying all of it, I'll just mix everything. Yeah. And, and then that was like, like I want to do this Red Renegade style. I want to do that cuisine that is, doesn't have identity in a sense, doesn't have a country. Yeah. But it uses all ingredients around everything. It yeah. uses what is near to you, but to give it something different, pop the flavors. I use something different. I mean, like shiokoji come from Japan. Yeah. But when I tried it in Japan, I was like, whoa, that's amazing. I can use it in, in UK yeah, yeah. and make my chicken in UK taste better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I've really enjoyed um, when I've been looking at like your Instagram feed, for example, mm -hmm. even for the restaurant, is there's a lot of storytelling that I can see. Telling that story about the food is important. Is that something yes, that's... Yes, of course, of course. That's always been... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Every, every dish, every dish we make, it something tells me it can be just an accident or it can be a memory. To yeah. me, accident or a memory. That's two stories I tell to people. Like for me, one of our best-selling dish was the mamak, and mm -hmm. my actually my owners are asking me to bring it back. Mamak was the idea. Like I like the telung uh, chili kisir. Basically, it's eggplant. Telung is eggplant in Bahasu, okay. Okay. and chili kisir is chili kisir basically combined together. Okay. And one of my favorite things, like. Every morning I wake up before I go to university, I'll have a, a roti chanai, I mean like a prata. Yeah. I have a fried eggplant and yeah. I have a fish curry head. And I'll be like in the middle of it, I was like, dude, you know what it's missing? Because I grew up in Dubai, but labne. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's missing labne. I can't imagine that combination, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, and then I have a chance here and I did that. I, I, I couldn't put fish curry head. I was like, it's going to scare people off in the morning early. Yeah. It's going to scare people off. And I was like, I'll just do the eggplant. I'll do roti chanai with it. Our roti chanai is ourselves. One of our chefs taught us how to do roti chanai. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to make labne mousse. And I made labne mousse with curry oil to pump more flavors. Nice. And the, the curry oil was infused with like how you make curry head. Okay. But the same spices, but we transfer gotcha. it into oil. And so we made that and we tried it. Everybody loved it and everybody was saying. And I was like, it, it reminds me of my childhood. I mean, like, not my... It reminds me of my childhood and my college days. Yeah. Oh, we have accident dishes. I told you, like fennel, fennel granitas. That was an accident, complete accident. Just trying to like use uh, all of it. Yeah, yeah complete cool. accident. The dish was called Trasta Chef, fennel granita with uh, fennel jam. It was literally an accident. I mean, like fennel jam was something else. 
granito or something else and we combine them together we put olive oil we tried it and we're like oh wow that's really tastes good it's a complete accident yeah but all the accidents and memories have sort of led to a lot of awards as well yeah um, yeah i mean you've had a bumper year this yeah year. <laughs> yeah it was like six months seven months opened and yeah we, we were surprised with gold milad and we were surprised with a michelin giving us bib gourmand because they invite me send me email and i was like I was like, I was like, dude, I've been open only six months. Why are they, <laughs> why are they messaging me? They didn't even came to to my restaurant to try my food. I, I would notice it. I will know. You're like, I know. No, it's a Michelin, <laughs> and I'd be like, impossible. I went there and they put all the includers first, and I was like, okay, maybe they just invite me because they just like just I'm just here. I don't yeah. know. Anyways. And the Bib Gourmand came and I was like, our, and they like, they call all the names and like, finally table. And I was actually sitting and I was like, my F&B director like, push me, go! <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's our restaurant, yeah, yeah, it's me, yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, I went, I was actually surprised. I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed, honestly. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, like, it's a dream to every chef. Yeah. To us, Michelin is Oscars, Olympics. Yeah. Michelin is everything for us. It's like, it's, it's like, it's something different. It makes you recognize, tells you your food actually worth of something. Yeah. People want to come and try your food. You you are doing right thing and just yeah. keep doing that right way. Yeah. It's really nice, really oh, good. It's brilliant. But it's interesting because while I was, uh, you know, researching yeah. for this, um, AKA stalking all the Instagram pages, um, I noticed a post that you put up, I think when you guys got the, uh, the, the, plaque, the plaque. Yeah, yeah, plaque, yeah. yeah. And you said 10 years ago, you wanted to quit being a chef. Yes. What was that about? Uh, and how did you like find your way back into doing what you love? I was in love? UK, I told you in the UK, I mean like, I told you in the UK, I mean like, I just don't really want it because I, I was not a nice person in the kitchen. I mean like, I, 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 I mean like, I still do lead my kitchen properly as a leader but in UK it was more iron fist okay yeah I sometimes punch people sometimes threw things at the face shout at them scream at them and you know like a lot of stress yeah a lot of stress I mean yeah. like I work 16 to 18 hours a day I mean like I have barely have a day off barely have yeah. a day off I mean in a year maybe five days off for a whole year yeah. and you're just looking forward you want to do something proper you want to do something amazing and and yeah, I just told my wife, like, you know, listen, I'm done with this stuff. I don't want to be a chef anymore. I'm done. And she's like, she's like, okay, take a break. I took a break, two months. And she gave me, I think I, w I was watching one movie. It was a Seven Samurais, like a very yeah. old Japanese movie yeah. back in the 60s. And I saw how one of the Japanese was selling, uh, one of the samurais was saying, um, he was a composed Japanese samurai. At the end of the day, he wants to start from everything and to learn everything again. I was like, you know, this is actually very good point he made and I was like I want to do the same I want to learn everything again yeah maybe my maybe the, I, I I was raising the kitchen with the leadership skills was really wrong maybe I learned from other people yeah and it will be different leadership skills but yeah yeah but yeah 10 years ago I want to quit I don't want to be a chef and here you are with yeah. like a Michelin yeah that was really cool yeah, yeah. it's brilliant yeah. yeah so tell me what's next for table because uh, we are currently um, in the kitchen because there's construction you can hear there's construction happening in the main restaurant so yeah just tell us what's what's next ah, for table. so what's next we have a seafood season coming yeah. then next season we have a mushroom season oh, only mushrooms very nice yes two seasons already planned menus are planned everything is planned uh, Reconstruction, while we're doing reconstruction, our owner take a very good deep in dive of, because the kitchen was always supposed to be zero wastage kitchen. Yep. But he took a, such a big deep in dive and he's like, listen, 
I want not just zero waste education, I want to make it full sustainability. And I was nice. like, well, but you need to put an effort. I told him, and he's like, yeah, I want to change the ceilings. So we're changing the ceilings to eco-friendly materials that are recycling materials. Uh, our shells of our fermentation shells, all the plastic will be there, are recycled plastics. Nice. Uh, our acoustic system, our acoustic panels will be all uh, recycling. Uh, basically, all the, the shells outside of the restaurant will be recycled. Um, the tissues, I mean, sorry, not the tissues, the napkins are recycled materials. And the pillows for the chairs, recycled materials. He took a really big step of wow. that. And he was like, you know what? If, if, if you're on this way, I want to be on that path also with yeah. you. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I was like, that would be really cool. We're amazing. But yeah, but it's also really nice to see someone puts that kind of effort to change everything. But not just that, our charcoal, um, we're waiting to bring it. Now we're using for now local charcoal, but we're waiting from Indonesia, the charcoal that burns less of carbon dioxide okay. in the air. Then our uh, the hood system we installed it recently, um, controller of a carbon dioxide, yeah. so it filters the air and nice. it just gives less yeah. of carbon dioxide. It's a small changes, but these changes are they make big difference. Yeah, they matter. Yeah. To to us, to me, it matters. I mean, like to make hospitality not a wastage place. Yeah. In general, but make it to see people, you know, like low wastage, low food wastage, everything is possible. You just need to put an effort to just it. Just do it. Um, so about the dish that you're going to show us today, can you just tell me a little bit about what you're going to do? Uh, so I'm going to make you guys uh, one of our uh, favorite dishes from farm menu. Okay. We, we have like a farm land and sea. Uh, well, I'll take the farm dish. It's one of my favorite dishes because I'm after all Mexican. It's corn. Okay. It's and corn. It's corn. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like playing that song. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That song with the kid. Yeah. So it's corn and it's labne with fermented koji and a little bit of Mexican salsa rojo, but made with local ingredients. None of the like uh, ancho chilies. Uh, unfortunately, I wish I have put ancho chilies, but it's all local chilies and citrus oil. Uh, yeah, just basically that's it. And feta cheese, a little bit crumble. I mean like that feta, parmesan feta. Nice. Fake parmesan feta. Parmesan. And you will have a crackers, my favorite crackers. It's a sourdough crackers with my jello seeds. Nice. That's the one. Basically, for example, the salsa rojo mm -hmm. is made uh, using 100% of all ingredients. So we take uh, all of the chilies and with stems, tomatoes with stems, uh, basically we take a lot of uh, off cuts of tomatoes and we just grill them all at the same time. Yeah. And we just grill it and just blend it and we use a little bit of local green jalapeno. Well, they call them jalapenos, but it's not a jalapeno. Okay. It's a different chili. Okay. And we just put it and we mix it. So this is a very sustainable dish. I mean, like, when you buy this, in when you buy ingredients for this dish, you make this dish, you use 100% everything here. There is no wastage at all in this. Very cool. I mean, like, you just need to finish that. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like, we need to wasted. eat it all. We'll yeah, eat it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all. fine. Uh, the other one is a citrus oil. It's a lemon and orange pills. Okay. We make oil out of this. We make our own labne. We use, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's expired milk. We use milk that is not used by bakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not using it. We take that milk and we ferment. We make it okay. into... I'm looking we're forward to yogurt, this. then after that we hang it. We're making proper labne nice. out of it. Yeah, that's the thing. And the corn is just a uh, local corn from okay. here. Uh, another cool thing about it, I forgot to tell you. So, one of the shio kojis, uh, that's a wrong shio koji. Uh, sorry, there's a need to be a corn shio koji. So, you know, the, the husk that left from the corn, yeah. we ferment it with shio ah. koji, so we make corn shio koji. Very nice. So, you have like a corn shio koji dish. So we use the husk also for fermentation, but it's a wrong chiokoji. I'll bring it out okay. in the chiller. Very cool. That's a dish.
What is it that nourishes your soul? I actually don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know the answer for that. I'll be honest. I don't know what was the answer for that. I mean, like you're still figuring it out. Probably, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe if 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 what like nourishing, but for me, for motivation, like people ask me, what is your motivation to be in the kitchen all the mm -hmm. time? I tell, see people happiness when people try my food. Maybe probably that. Yeah. Yeah, probably that. Probably. For me, yeah. Okay. But I don't know. Really, no, not yet. Don't know. I'll be honest with you. It's it's something you can start thinking about. Yeah, now. I need to think about it. <laughs> now you let me to think about. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into deep thought. Good I'm luck not. with that. Yeah. Let me know if you figure it yeah. out. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk thank to you us for you today. Guys. And uh, yeah, let's get cooking. Yeah, let's get cooking. That was such a fun conversation. You can also find the conversation with Carlos in the November issue of Nourish, which is out in all Spinney stores now. This episode was brought to you by Spinney's and is hosted by me, Devina Devecha and Tiffany Eslick. We're produced by Chirag Desai and artwork is by Michelle Clements and Jehan Youssef. You can follow Spinney's on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more and visit us at spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. See you then. It's amazing to see his team being recognized by international accolades like Michelin's Bob Gourmet. Bob? Bob? <laughs> Who's Bob? <laughs> Michelin's Bob. Okay. Oh my God. Is this normal? Do other people do this? It's just us then. Too. Yeah. Okay.